0: A laydown is a guy who just comes in. He's like, I don't need to hear your pitch. I just want to give Michael my money. Like mm-hmm. those guys, when you have those, you need like the laydowns. If if my client, if my sales team is not getting any laydowns, laydowns are 100% my responsibility. They're not their responsibility. There's nothing they can do to make the laydown go better. I have to go on someone's show and I have to say something like your show right now that really speaks to someone. So that they're like, fuck this, man. I need to join MOA. There's no way for me to do anything else. Or I need to at least get them close enough to where they're on my Instagram and they see the irrefutable visual evidence of the things that I teach.
1: Great experiences build great leaders, great leaders, build great teams this is building great sales teams All right guys, welcome back to Building Great Sales Teams. We are live for this one. I have a very special guest today. Michael Sartain is in the house. He's a retired US Air Force captain. He's the founder of Men of Action Mentoring.com. He's teaching men how to become more desirable, forge elite networks, and live a high-status lifestyle. He's also the host of the Michael Sartain podcast. He's a trader, philanthropist, charity event host, and social media expert. Michael, welcome to the show, brother.
0: Hey, man. Thank you, man. I appreciate you guys having me on.
1: Awesome, man. Well, we met at Adam Lyon's Smart CEO event, and right away, as soon as you started talking, I'm like, all right, this dude knows what he's talking about. I had been struggling with some social media strategies and you ironed them out without even knowing it. And I was like, okay, I need to start following this guy. And then it just kind of opened up, it opened up a whirlwind of different things that you've got going on. And so my question, my first question is, how do you capture leads from social media despite all the noise that we see on social media right now?
0: Yeah, it's really great. So um for, for me, because I have I'm a coach. And I have a uh, what you would consider a high-ticket uh, program. It's over mm-hmm. $5,000 for my, my least expensive program. The, there's uh, the First off, the first thing I would recommend for anyone who's in an arena like that, let's just say you have a low-ticket offer or whatever, find other people that have similar things to what you have. So for, for me, it's the high-ticket and mastermind group. So Adam Lyons would be one, right? Yeah. Wes Watson would be another one. Yeah. Dan Fleischman would be another one. He's got a 100, $100,000 a year mastermind. Another one would be um, so Ryan Stuman, Dan Fleischman, Wes Watson, and Bradley, and then like I said, um, uh, like I said, uh, Adam Wines. So if you start with those five, you're like, what are they doing right, and then what can I copy? So Adam is not big with the social media stuff yet; he's getting back on there. But Adam has certain ways that he you know does his mastermind. So we will look at those and the way he trades to sales teams. Same thing with Bradley, the way Ryan Stuman creates content, and especially Wes Watson; those are things that we copy. Um and so that's the first thing I would do is find five sort of like mentors and the great thing about social media is that I don't ever need to meet them. I've never met Cody Sanchez. We have a similar we have some people that work for uh I have a social media manager that used to be her social media manager and so that's like mm-hmm. a connection between the two of us but we've never actually met. And so the thing about uh, the two of us is, uh, you know, I can still learn from her even though I've never met her. It's a really great thing about social media is that like when you are looking for a strategy, one of the easiest things to do is just find people who are successful and copy what they do. So how many reels should I post a day? That number is defined by how many reels Lee posts a day. Let me say that one more time. The number of reels I post today is defined by the number of leads that Bradley, who just hit a million, he just hit a million followers on Instagram. He's actually growing on Instagram when no one else, no one else is. The number of, of reels I post today is is dictated by the number of reels that Bradley posts today. The number of shorts I post today is dictated by the number of shorts that Fresh and Fit and Pearl Davis post every day. So I look for my YouTube com- content. It's a little different. That's not exactly social media, but I'm going to look for people who are successful on there. So Pearl Davis, real controversial YouTuber, but she went from, you know, uh, a couple hundred, you know, maybe like 50, 60,000 subs. Now she's at a million five. How did she get to a million five? She explained it to me. She had she made several different sites at the same time. Those sites consistently she put, was putting out thirty shorts a day, thirty shorts a day. Now not on one channel, on several different channels, and that all fed back to her main channel. So that's again, where did I get these these ideas from? I follow what other people do, and that's what I teach in my course. One of the modules in Men of Action is called literally called Finding Mentors. So the, in social media, it's just it, it's different. Like if you're trying to learn jujitsu right? It's, you have to go to a jujitsu place. You can't just watch video. You actually have to do it, right? If you're trying to learn how to play chess, you want to play against some of the best ch- plus chari- pl- chess players in the world. But when it comes to social media, you can literally just copy what other successful people are doing. I'll have clients come to me sometimes, and this is not my main business. My main business is networking, but sometimes I'll have clients come to me and they're like, they're accountants or they're doing uh, uh, debt refinancing, whatever it's called, um, or in they're, they're fix it. Yeah, boring stuff like that, boring businesses, right? And and I'm like, okay, how do I get this boring business uh, to be interesting? Well, the first thing I tell them is go on TikTok and let's find, let's go ahead and look up hashtags of your boring business. And then you're going to find there's like some divorce, like divorce attorneys, my favorite. There are some fucking hilarious divorce attorneys out there that have the best, they tell the best stories and they have so much viral content. Well, if you're a divorce attorney, you think you have a boring business, but you really don't. Even dude, uh, Cody Cody Sanchez, she owns coin-operated, uh, washeterias coin oh, yeah. operated washateria's, And she buys them next to like multi-unit, like low, uh, middle to low income places that don't have washeteria, don't have washing machines. And she makes a killing off doing this. And she makes it seem so interesting. This could not be a more boring business than what she's doing. Like you can on, if you know how to create content, make cleaning out porta potties interesting on TikTok If you, if you really want to try. So it's really one of these things that just fat you know, the, when it comes to this question you have a great question mm-hmm. we haven't even got to how to capture the leads yet but right. when it comes to like what do i do on social media who invigorates you to me probably the guy who like gets me the most hype when i watch his stuff is wes watson wes watson went on fresh and fit Uh, on the 19th and I set that up. I I talked to Myron and I talked to Wes and I got them connected to go do that. But Wes is like one of the most authentic dudes I've ever heard talk. He went to prison for 10 years. He was selling dope. Some guy tried to rip him off and he beat the guy. He almost beat the guy to death and he went to jail for 10 years and he talked about doing 10 years in a California state penitentiary and it's crazy the stories that he tells. But like when you watch his content, he went viral on YouTube and then now Wes Watson does $2.6 million a month. He does 2.6 a month with 90% profit. Uh, and then you're like, okay, wait, there's something that's going on here. So now let's go to the next thing that you're asking, which is about lead capture. For mm-hmm. us, lead capture is pretty simple. Um, I wanted to – so my team is way more focused on um, paid advertisement, which leads to uh, – which goes down a sales funnel, right? That's, mm-hmm. that's kind of – and by the way, that because that we're kind of coming from the Cole, Gord, Cole Gordon – Cole Gordon trains my sales uh, okay. guys cole gordon is a a friend of mine so it it starts with the whole this is where kind of the basis for most companies now that don't have a brand already built you're going to go i'm going to pay for facebook ads and then the facebook ads are going to lead to a a, some kind of sales funnel some sort of capture mechanism for us we have a a website we built ourselves my my partner grant built it and you go there and then you book a call and that's it we don't give a price on the website you don't find that out until you set up a call
1: can't move on the website unless you put your info in i'm here trying to research Correct. your mastermind but i can't yeah. get past the paywall or the yeah, lead, for, for lead sure. capture wall so for sure we no, do the I lead capture now yeah now so the lead
0: capture now this isn't exactly what you asked but the lead capture those those guys who don't set up a, a call then our outbound setters are going to go back and give you a call later because you came because you you did the the lead thing and then here's here's the other thing that happens it's a little different with me is that when you you, 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 the outbound guy finds you, and then you're like, Hey, I just don't have the money to do the course. We give yeah. you, we just flood you with content. So uh, I'm on episode 89 of my podcast. I got my next four episodes planned out. It's Mike Rashid, Robert Kiyosaki, Brad Lee, and um, Violetta Benson, the girl from Get Daddy's Issues. Those are my next four episodes on my podcast. So I've got those planned out. You're going to get a, an email. For each one of those new episodes, you're going to get an email for all the, the new episodes of the free MOA group uh, mentoring that we do. We did one on Monday where we coach for three hours. Guys who are not part of MOA can come on and ask questions for three hours. I got 50 leads from that. I, like uh, 47 leads. I got 47 guys to join the free school server from the last one we did. So it's free. The free the, the main point I'm trying to make is the free sub. And then I do Access Vegas every other Thursday, which is me and, ten, me and Rolo Tomasi, we host a, a podcast with 10 girls. So the thing is, when, when you come in and you, we do the paid advertisement, we mm-hmm. get you it coming into the funnel. Let's just say you, you click the button to like sign up for to, to set up an appointment, but you don't set up an appointment. We still have to we get your information. Right. From that information, our outbound setters are going to then contact you. Now, I will tell you the most difficult mechanism in this company that I have right now, without a doubt, is the setters and the closers. It's not even close. Like nothing else. Everything else we can we can send to a guy in Nepal. Someone in the Philippines can do right. it. Everything else. That is the only thing we can't do. The setters and closers, those people are like fucking gold. Those are my offensive linemen. I'm trying to win a Super Bowl. Those guys are my O linemen. Those guys block for me. I cannot. The, the, well, uh, when Emmett Smith won his first rushing title right afterwards, he brought every one of the offensive linemen a Rolex watch. What I do, my sales guys, we all go to Jamaica together with 150 girls in, in September. That's what I do with my guys. So they have a blood. They love working for me, right? That's that's what we we yeah. little different incentives in my company, right? Uh, so you know, just as friends, we're all going as friends. It's a it's a big Bible study thing we do at Jamaica. So okay. the, the the thing I, the thing the thing I'm trying to say is, uh, so the outbound guys will go and get that lead those those people that were those captured leads, and then the rest of them will set up they'll they'll click click to sign up for a call. Then they usually get on the call, and I think, uh, hey Tristan, what are we called to close now? Like fifteen percent, something like that. Oh, okay, he's on call. Maybe it, it, it's—I can't remember what it is, but it's like mm-hmm. maybe lead to close is fifteen percent or something like. Yeah, I—I I, I can't. I, maybe I'm saying this wrong. I know it's a really—it's a high number for us. It might be 20 percent, something like that. Yeah, lead lead um, to
1: close—I would be surprised, but call to close makes a ton of sense at fifteen percent.
0: Yeah, call to close lead to maybe fifteen percent.
1: Insane, like you would. Be
0: yeah, 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 yeah. No, I'm sorry, not lead to close. Yeah, <laughs> okay. So remember, this yeah. is not my this is not my area. Yeah, I'm just, no, I'm I'm, I'm fulfillment and coaching. I'm learning this uh, as I go. Cole is teaching me this with everyone else. That's so crazy. anyway, that's, that's what we do. We, I know we have a really high rate when it comes to that, but it is a $5,000 product or it's more than a $6,000 product for my cheapest product. So when you, when you realize that, so now I understand that my lead to close, like you said before, is going to be a pretty low number. Mm-hmm. So what, what I try to do is, like I said before, funnel the guys who can't afford it. These are the college students or the guys who are like we have a lot of people who love my content that live in India or Brazil and just can't afford the, the content. Then we, we want you on the podcast. We want you on the free school server. We want you reading all the books. And we still want you to fix your Instagram. We have a free course. where We fix the first four. We do the first four steps of MOA. All that stuff we get for free. There's a year's worth of content that you can watch for free for men of action without even joining the course. And then we just want you in the cycle. Eventually, the goal is to have a low-ticket offer, right? Yeah. Where did I get that idea from, low-ticket offer? I actually got it from Andrew Tate. The reason why I do a show with Roland Tomasi right now is because Andrew Tate reached out to me about a year and a half ago. He reached out to me on WhatsApp, or on Instagram. We started talking back and forth, and we went to WhatsApp because he knew he was going to lose his IG. And he was going to come out to Vegas, and we were going to do an interview. He couldn't do the interview. He come, couldn't come to the state, so he set me up with Justin Waller. You guys can watch on my podcast. I do interview with... Andrew's business partner, Justin Waller. Then, after just, Justin goes to uh, Reno and does an interview with uh, Rollo Tomasi, Rollo sees my content. He's been wanting to do a show in Vegas. Immediately, we hit it off. This guy, The only human I know that reads as much on evolutionary psychology as me is Rollo Tomasi. Immediately, we get along. We're both huge NFL fans. We're, we're like, we just it, look, totally get, totally click with each other. We don't agree on everything, but we just become very good friends very quickly. Mm-hmm. And so Rolo and I do a show together because of that. So where, where's the Legion Again, the Access Vegas show that I do with Rolo, we have, a, I give all of, Rolo is one of my affiliates. So is Myron Gaines. So is all the other guys who come on my show, unless they're selling their own products. So like Justin Waller has Hustle University. So he's not going to, he's not going to do an affiliate code. So I have the, remember, the first thing I said was paid advertisement. So the second part is the affiliate stuff. The affiliates are going to be like, you're going to go to an affiliate page. Again, this was all designed by Grant. You guys, Grant Jordan, my partner, you don't have to design it yourself. You can actually do it on your own uh, or do it on your own. There's, there's ready-made affiliate things, but for right. us, it's first name, last name, email, and then just a PayPal link. That's all we have. Mm-hmm. And we pay you We pay you 10%. Uh, the only thing that, that you have to be careful with the affiliate stuff is this. You can't do an affiliate site and then say you took the product when you didn't take the product. So if you haven't finished MOA, you can't give a testimonial for MOA. Right. But what you can do, the really great way to get around that is what you can do is you can collate my content and then sell the product. Meaning you can take all the clips from my content. So if you guys look at MOA.podcast on Instagram or on uh, Instagram and on YouTube, that's not me. That's one of my affiliates. That's one of my clients who's making money by by taking my content, collating it and he gets paid 10% on the low ticket offer that we're going to do in the future which is Andrew Tate's hustle university that's where the the we got the idea from mm-hmm. eventually when we do a low ticket offer that low ticket offer we're probably going to give our affiliates 50% of that it's just an idea i still got we still okay. the three of us still have to agree on it the three Straight volume play. yeah and and what that does is it does two things number one now instead of me paying some guy in nigeria or nepal in order to clip all these uh things for me my these guys who want to make money will literally sell my program at a 50% commission. And in doing so, they'll clip my content for me. And voila, you get Andrew Tate with 12 billion individual searches on TikTok. That's what happens, yeah. right? Does that make sense? So that's this is the one. This is my this is my baby of the of the three. We're gonna go over three. The first one we went over was paid. Of the three, this is the one that is my favorite because this is the one that grows the brand the quickest. You're not gonna make the most money from the affiliates, but this is the one that grows the brand the quickest. Then when you have these guys in a low-ticket offer, 67 steps by tele lopez is another great example ty is another friend of mine yeah. what when we got guys in the low ticket offer what do you do now we can upsell them in, into something bigger is it going to be all the guys no but here's the, the two things we want number one is we want to capture the leads. Number two, if the guys can't afford a high ticket offer, we want them somewhere in the system. We want to keep them in the system. I want to keep them coming to Babes and Toilet. I want to keep them coming. I'm hosting a bikini competition at Wet Republic next Friday for $60,000. I want to keep them coming to my events. I want to keep them on um, my free Monday calls. I want to keep them on my free, on my Thursday uh, Access Vegas calls. I want to keep them on my free school server. I want to keep them in my ecosystem, okay? And then there's the third way. So we went over, like I said before, we went over paid. We went over affiliate. The third way is um, is organic. And this is the one that I didn't have to really do any work for initially because I already had you know 40,000 followers on Instagram. And this is still over 60 percent of our revenue comes from uh, from organic. organic. And this is basically, yeah, organic. People will will just go to my Instagram, and then there's just a link. Um, initially, it was a link to a link tree. We stopped doing that on advice of cole gordon we go direct to the sales page now that's what we do i wanted to go direct to the school server but for us what 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 we decided was if you're into my content and you just want to buy my content or you just want to buy my program mm-hmm. you click the click the link it goes direct to the to the um to to the sales page not the free school server right down to the sales funnel to set up a call to buy the program Mm you know, when we do that, we get the lead capture and then we can push you on the school server if you can't afford the program. But we also like, we have setters and we have a a situation where we can figure out this is a good lead. We want to close. This is not a good lead. We don't want to close. And if we don't close them, then we can send them to the free school server. But we've decided to just like go for the kill on the, on my Instagram page. Mm -hmm. Does that make sense? On my Instagram link and link in bio. And so that's helped us out a lot. As soon as we made that change really, really helped with our revenue. Uh, so that was, that was the other thing we did as far as is capture captures concerned. And then, like I said before, we post reels every day. We post reels every day because Ryan Stuman posts reels every day because Corey, uh, Cody Sanchez posts reels every day because Brad Lee posts reels every day because Grant Cardone posts reels every day. That's why we post reels every day. And so we just basically copied their model. And because I do four hour, I do nine hours of content every week. My content team has limited, unlimited clips that they can make. Like you, could, you could easily pull 10 out of this interview between you and me right now. Uh, and they will, by the way, when you post this on YouTube, my, my content team immediately when we're done with this, I'm sending it to the dude in Nigeria. I'm sending it to Shar, And then I'm also sending it to Kareem Gonzalez. And they're going to go through and they're going to clip out 90 second uh, clips. And they're going to do 10 minute videos out of this. The 10 minute videos are going to go on YouTube. The 90 second clips are going to be turned into IG reels. They're going to be turned into TikToks and they're going to be turned into, uh, we're going to put them on Snapchats. And we started putting them on Twitter. Um, I got four thousand new uh, subscribers on Twitter recently because we started doing this on Twitter. So it's just an uh, it's a it's sort of a a place that we haven't explored yet. I will tell you, however, when it comes to the coaching, like what I'm selling, Facebook and Instagram are eighty nine percent of where yeah. you're going to get your revenue from. Solid leads from TikTok don't really exist yet. Uh, TikTok is a lot of Cyrillic alphabet, a lot of like a lot of people from Indonesia. Uh, yeah. I like. I personally believe um, because uh, it's owned owned in China that they just have a ton of bots. There's just, if you guys look, you'll find every, like, notice how many friends you have that have one video that have a million views on it. Just one, maybe two, they'll have a million views. I have so many friends that have one video with like 15 million views on it. And it's almost like TikTok gives you one freebie that goes viral. And I don't believe that there's enough, that like, we can't all be famous. For Correct. all these people to have these viral videos doesn't make sense to me. Um, there's a company that I won't say their name because uh, I still, the guy who runs it still a buddy of mine, but mm-hmm. this company put all of their marketing budget during COVID. They put their entire marketing budget into TikTok and their stock price went from the mid $30 to $0. 60 cents a share after mm-hmm. COVID ended because, because TikTok was the ROI on TikTok is next to zero. It really yeah. is. It really is poor. It's uh, so just, just so you know, our ROI on YouTube is 30%. So meaning if I put in a thousand dollars, I'll make $1,300. Our ROI on Facebook is 26 to one. It's 2,600%. Wow. Meaning if I put in $1,000, I make um, I make $26,000 back. That's about where we are with Facebook right now. Mm-hmm. So fa- uh, I was just, uh, Rich Sheffern, I'm going to interview him in July. <clears throat> He's the guy who created the, um, the webinar. Uh, the the modern webinar was created by a guy named Rich Sheffrin, and I'm having Rich on. Rich actually thinks YouTube is the place to go, and he's having trouble on Facebook. And what the thing I'm going to talk to Rich about is if your if your content is cre- is creative enough, I still think Facebook is way better than YouTube because YouTube doesn't have any ways for you to really target the right people. If YouTube allowed me to specifically advertise on certain people's platforms, then mm-hmm. YouTube would be a better platform for me to use. But you know there's these new rules now that these uh, these tech companies can't make it super, super um, uh, specific. Like, uh, people were just uh marketing to people who lived in certain neighborhoods. It used to be on Facebook, it was crazy. On Facebook Ad Manager, you could go literally put a, a circle around a one mile circle around a, a someone's neighborhood, and so just like the richest, just like you only wanted to sell Bugatti's to people who lived in Highland Park, Texas, the richest neighborhood in Texas, which is in the middle of Dallas, you could just put only your ads are only shown to people on Facebook who live in Highland Park. You used to be able to do that. And they and then only show it to men, only with this income. And you know, you could pick their like religious affiliation. So only to yeah. Methodists, and you could exclude Muslims. Like it was crazy the kind of stuff you could do on Facebook back then. They got rid of almost all of that, though. And so even though Facebook is Facebook is still good for us, it's not as good as it was, or it's not good as it could have been for us back before these rules changes. And YouTube is like. It's barely useful, honestly. It's just really hard to do that because Ty Lopez made so much money when he, you know, did the sixty-seven steps program. The rules have become okay. harder, and which what what these platforms don't want is for one of their their uh, one of their people who's paying for their platform. I don't know what you would call us advertisers. What they yeah. don't want is for one of one advertiser to just become dominant. So yeah. I I kind of found the holy grail what, what, in my advertisement. What I do is I talk about high status networking. I never talk about dating. Dating is a trigger word on Facebook. You don't want to say that word whenever you're selling a product on Facebook. Um, And so I say uh, high status networking. And then in in the video clips is nothing but me with beautiful women. And I'm never touching them. They're always touching me. They're grabbing me. They're coming up to talk to me. It's nothing sexual. We're all—they're all in gowns. I'm in a suit, and it's just very clear that I'm getting massive amounts of compliance from these women. And the women that we chose to be in the in the advertisements were all very, very attractive. And so, mm-hmm. and by the way, all of it was real. We didn't film any of it for a commercial. This is just my real life from hosting all these events. Mm-hmm. We use all that concept for the advertisement. And like I said, twenty-six to one ROI. That's what we've been getting. So, the, as far as the capturing the leads, the affiliate thing that we talked about before the paid and the organic all go back down through a funnel we happen to have three different funnels so it's one funnel for organic a different funnel for paid and a different funnel for affiliate the page the page looks a little different
1: i'm going to do my best to unpack some of that okay <laughs> and and whenever someone's reeling like that i'm just like i'm just going to shut up you know what i mean mm-hmm. cuz at that point you're just giving game after game after game after game and so uh the first thing that i heard was copy what works the second thing that I heard was you have a three tier system that you're using right now.
0: Uh, there, there is kind of there is kind of a fourth tier, and the fourth okay. tier is me going on other people's podcasts. Oh yeah. So this is this uh, this because this is kind of like I'll give you an affiliate code after this. This is kind of affiliate and it's also kind of organic. It's not paid. It's kind of right. a hybrid of the two things. But this is a really great way to grow. Um, I, this is the in the last four weeks i've done 21 podcasts other people's podcasts some of them haven't even released them some of the people's podcasts don't even have any subscribers mm-hmm. and then i'll do a couple of them that has a, like, like i'll go on whatever podcast with four million subs i'll do everyone's show oh, by the way let me give you guys a piece of advice um they're two huge content creators in miami right now and they don't like each other and the reason why they don't like each other is because the first one when he was small on youtube he asked the second one hey can we do a collab and the second one said hey you know what i just don't really feel like uh, you know it's really going to work out for us it's a, you're not a good match for my channel and you don't and you don't really have enough followers the first one is now 3 times bigger than the second one the second one is now hey can we do a collab and the first guy's like no you remember when i asked you before when i was smaller i know i did i've done 21 podcasts Like I said, in the last four weeks, I guarantee you one or two or three of them is going to blow up and become bigger than me. And I would love if when their channel blows up, that there's at least one interview with Michael Sartain that's on there. And I also never want them to think that I'm not going to do someone else's show because they don't have enough subscribers. I am not like that. I will do any, I've said this before, anyone who is watching this show right now, I will do your podcast. I will make time. I will give you four hours of fire if that's what you want. And my goal every time I do a podcast is to be the most viewed episode that anyone has on on your thing and just to get you to come back and join our ecosystem. I don't give a shit if you don't, even if you don't like me, I I still want to have more views uh, than anybody else. Uh, I'm debating, I debated a flat earther. On August 1st, I'm debating a Holocaust (laughs) denier. Like I debate yeah. guys, like I'll do whatever. But, but here's the other thing. This is a really interesting point. I never, I don't really talk about this as much. And it's just a theory that I have. And I may be proven drastically wrong, but this is something mm-hmm. I do. I like to debate people whose who's following would never buy my product anyway. So I don't risk anything. Does that make sense? Fair. Yeah. I debated, a, I debated a numerologist the other day. No one who believes in numerology is ever going to buy the men of action mentoring course which is based on evolutionary psychology. No one, because my course is based on science and numerology is hokum. So like, I'm not worried about losing clients by debating a numerologist. But what does happen is all those numerology weirdos, they start commenting, getting in the comment section and making personal attacks against me, but it just boosts the algorithm and the watch time just explodes on YouTube. So it's almost like an arbitrage situation. It's just something I'm trying. I could be way off about this, but I'm specifically, I am specifically seek out moon landing deniers, flat earthers, Holocaust deniers, like the ones where it's like very easy for me to disprove. I go and I, I do debates with those people just to like try right. to see how how fucking riled up i can get their audience and it's worked out great so far
1: dude you guys got to love you cuz you're constantly out rainmaking for them you know and that's the model mm-hmm. right you make it rain and then they're able to convert those leads into yeah. clients right and if, so if I, you're a content
0: if you're a content creator right now your job is for your you, what you need to have is for your sales team to be like yo man i had like 5 laydowns this week i had like 10 laydowns this week my if my, cli- if my sales team is like, dude, I don't get any laydowns, then that's my fault. That is not their fault. Laydowns are my fault. Lay- when, when, for those of you not in sales, a laydown is a guy who just comes in. He's like, I don't need to hear your pitch. I just want to give Michael my money. Like mm-hmm. those guys, when you have those, you need like the laydowns. If, if, my cli- if my sales team is not getting any laydowns, laydowns are 100% my responsibility. They're not their responsibility. There's nothing they can do to make the laydown go better. I have to go on someone's show and I have to say something like your show right now that mm-hmm. really speaks to someone. So that they're like, fuck this, man. I need to join MOA. There's no way for me to do anything else. Or I need to at least get them close enough to where they're on my Instagram and they see the irrefutable visual evidence of the things that I teach. Mm-hmm. If they do that, then then, then then we should have a some number of laydowns. And what does that do? That also, if you're a sales guy, if I have a quality sales guy, like a really good one, and I want to keep him, I need to compensate him correctly, right? I need to motivate him correctly. But if he gets a ton of laydowns working for me, that's just like time in his day that he gets back. You know what yeah. I'm saying? You Wouldn't you rather make a high commission working for somebody who's just like loading you full of laydowns? Because my like eventually, I want, I want first team all NBA guys on my fucking roster. That's all I want. Yeah. My whole sales team, I want murderers. And so in order to get that, I need to incentivize them rather than what a lot of people do. If I have a boring business, a lot of guys are like, man, I got to sell fucking copiers. Fuck, I got to wake up (laughs) every day and sell copiers. Damn it. Pearl Davis used to sell glass. I'm sorry. Pearl Davis used to sell fax machines and copiers. Andrew Tate used to sell windows. Like that's, you know, that's a lot of these people become good salesmen because they sell boring products. I don't want my product to be boring. I want if you work for me, for my sales team, I want you to feel like, holy shit, man, this thing sells itself uh well i listen to tristan he's one of my sales guys he's he's staying with me right now Mm -hmm. when he's talking to the guys you can hear it in his voice it's he's not trying to sell him he's trying to save him he's like talking to the guy like dude i know this will change like i know this will change your life if you take this course. like and he said the way he says it because it's true because it changed his life also Mm -hmm. all my sales guys almost all of them went through my program uh they're they're like oh you know Dude, look, like, you can hear the excitement in his voice. This is going to change your life. And so that that makes him really excited. And that's the kind of salespeople that you want.
1: Well, and I met two of your salespeople at the event. And I was- No, no, those, are my, oh, those are my partners. Those are my partners. Yeah, those are oh, my partners. Oh, okay. Yeah. All right. They were asking questions about, you know, bringing the people in and, and uh, how, to, how to fleece them basically and get the best salespeople out of it and everything. Yeah. So we had a conversation and I was thoroughly impressed. And that's kind of what I look at and why I wanted you on the show. I was like, well, if these are- people that are at least managing his sales team and, and like you said, they're your partners, then that's a good reflection. And I want him on the show to talk about his team and how he's built that out and everything. And so you, by the way, guys, Michael is hiring right now. So if this sounds like something you want to do, first off, join his group and then uh, fill out an application to, to, to work with him on that. There's his, uh, his funnel right there. If you guys are interested in that it's a MOA mentoring forward slash jobs, forward slash sales.
0: You're just have in jobs, it'll this will pop. This will pop up, yeah.
1: Yeah, for sure. So, I can see how you attract these guys, obviously. But how are you retaining them? How are you ensuring that they stay? Other than the obvious, you know what I mean? Because all of us can't be around bikini models all day and yeah, you know, yeah, parties yeah. in Jamaica.
0: Uh, so 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 for me, they get uh they get twenty four seven access to me, uh, okay. and it and because I teach a course on networking, but we also go over things like. You know what do we do if you're dealing with a breakup? You know what what happens if, if uh, you know I'm not getting what I want out of my relationship, or what what do I do if my boss? I have a client right now is in Germany, mm-hmm. or no, he's in uh, Switzerland, and he uh, he's in a, he works at a restaurant, and he has a new boss, and his boss is like his contract is for X amount of hours, and his boss has him working. X times 1.25, like more more hours than he's supposed to. But this is the new boss, and he doesn't want to get fired. So, like, what do I do? And I, I go over him step by step. How do we communicate that? And we and there's a book list. Start with Why, um, Cru- Crucial Conversations. How to Win Friends and Influence People. Four Hour Work Week. Um, e Myth Revisited. Like, there's a 30 book book list that I make all my guys go through. And so we we go over step-by-step how to fix those problems. That access that my clients pay for, my sales team gets that 24-7 for me anytime they want. Frequently, I have clients that'll hit me up and be like, Michael, I want to throw a photo shoot. No, I'm sorry, not clients, sales guys. They'll hit me up and be like, Michael, we just got a house out here in Las Vegas. Um, we want to throw a photo shoot with like 30 girls. What do I do? I go ready? Step one, step two, step three. I just walk them all through it. I'll do a zoom call with all my sales guys at the same time and anything outside of the sales stuff. I'll also help them with. And also when they need introductions to certain people, I'll give them those introductions. You know, that that's another thing that I do. So I try to, uh, make the sales guys feel like they're part of the family. So access to me as much as they want access to the other guys. Obviously there's grant is Phenomenal at what he does. Miguel is phenomenal at what he does, my two partners. And then, mm-hmm. additionally, uh, what they get when they work for me is access to all of our events. So they get to come to Babes and Toyland. They get to come Model Citizen. Well, they get to come to Babes and Toyland, the Maxim parties, the Teatro parties. Uh, they get to come to the Bikini Competition, Swimsuit USA, and Paradise Challenge. So they, they get to come to all those. Some of them, if they, if they get really good, like I can't get guys into like say Dan Bilzerian's party unless they bring right. like 40, 50 girls. But I teach you how to, like one of the main things I teach you in my course is how do I get 40 or 50 girls to go to a party with me? Mm-hmm. And so several of my clients have gotten invited to those huge like Model Citizen Fund is like an impossible ticket. But mm-hmm. some of my clients get invited to those parties because they listen to my instruction. The first four steps of MOA, number one, fix your Instagram. Number two, build a list. Number three, find uh, six events to invite people to just for practice. And number four, ha- you need to have six female like, uh, colleagues to t- go with you to those different events. And we go over step by step how to do that. Fixing your Instagram is the most important one, though. Uh, and so my my sales team, they learn that as well. And so now mm-hmm. they have this lifestyle that... Again, they're congruent with the lifestyle we teach in the program and they sell that lifestyle. So they're congruent when they do their sales calls. And so because of that, we've had phenomenal success and we've been able to pretty much every six months, double, double our revenue.
1: Yeah. And they're completely bought in. And that's, that's a beautiful thing when you have a salesperson that believes that their product is the greatest thing possible for their mm-hmm. clients. So you started talking about the events a little bit, and I, and I was kind of curious about this. You've given so much value on the front end. Thank you for that. But I'm kind of curious about your story a little bit here. Captain in the Air Force. And then from what I understand, what I was able to put together, because your, your content is just flooding your SEO. You know what I'm saying? So it's hard to go and get the older stuff, right? And so Captain in the Air Force. I
0: didn't even know that, dude. I didn't even know yeah, that. Uh, by the way, I have a, web, a website, michaelsartain.com forward slash bio, and all this is on there. But yeah, I didn't even realize that. Like I was looking at, I was going to TikTok and I was scrolling down for like half an hour. And there are videos down there. I forgot because we put up like 2,000 videos. Yeah. There's old stuff you can't even find of me. It's crazy how how well, dude. Someone was making a hit piece on me the other day. It's just all nonsense. Like they took some things I said way out of context. Right. And we and I was like, should we do something about it? And then I like went back a month later, and it's so far down the list of videos, like shorts on YouTube and mm-hmm. um TikTok videos that, like, crushed. you can't even find it. And like, you literally have to go through so many videos of mine to get to this thing that, like, by the time you see it, you're like, Man, nah, this is really, really weak. So instead of dealing with it, we just made more content. Uh, I knew a guy; he was like a really, really horrible fucking human being. This guy um, got thirty uh, charged with like thirty-three felonies, whatever. If you went on and you you Googled his name, the top 10 articles were about all the horrible stuff this guy had done. I don't even want to say the words because we're on YouTube. Some of the stuff this guy did. And so what he did is he started getting a PR firm to write articles about him. And then when he did it, the first 10 entries on the first page on Google were just nothing but positive things about him. But if you go to page two, it's right back to the felonies. So it's one of these things where people were like trying to replace that top level SEO. So I just use this as an extreme example. Same thing with like everyone knows... That um, Jordan Belfort, uh, right. you know, slept with a bunch of prostitutes and did quaaludes and stored a bunch of cocaine, and they vaguely know that he got arrested and went to jail, but like no one remembers, like he went to jail for 15 months, minimum security, and then got out. And like you, there's, I don't know this for a fact, but he's probably wealthier now. Maybe not in 2023 $20, dollars, but he's probably wealthier now than he was when he was, you know, running his his, his uh, pink slips scams. And so when you really consider that. You know, how much uh, he's basically painted over the bad yeah. with the good. And that's, that's a trick in SEO is you just keep producing content. It's one of these things where like, let's say I completely move out of this, like uh, male self-improvement, Manosphere content. Mm-hmm. And I go into something else where I start teaching people, you know, um, you know, whatever, uh, debt reconsolidation, I, just whatever. <laughs> you want. Yeah. If I did that after, if after a thousand videos, you can't, you won't even find my Manosphere content anymore. Yeah. like you just i'll just keep pushing it out so like and that's a, it's a really great way to do it and the thing is here's another this is what i said when i first met you when we were when i was up on stage with adam mm-hmm. you have how to beast right he's at the top of the pyramid right on youtube he is the to beast is number one he's bigger than anywhere anywhere else how to beast will spend upwards of 50 60 grand upwards to like half a million dollars to produce one video and the video might be anywhere from 10 to 20 minutes long okay so i want you to think about how to beast all the work that goes into a 20 minute video, got it? Now, Casey Neistat, he's a vlogger, is another really great content creator. He'll put a ton of editing into like a 12 minute video. Got it? Now, I go on a live stream and I do a four hour video. I don't get the same engagement they do, but the the, the ironic thing is me doing four hours is easier than them doing 12 minutes. This is It doesn't make sense to a lot of people when they, they see it like that. But me yeah. doing a four hour video that a few people watch What'll happen is 10 minute clips will be pulled out of, just think of like a scrap heap of data and you can just pull what you want out of this scrap heap of all these four hour, two hour, three hour interviews that you do. You make 90 second clips for reels and TikTok and then you make 10 minute videos for YouTube. And when you you can't consistently post those, what'll happen is one or two or five of those clips will go viral and in those clips will be an affiliate link or a link that goes back to your sales funnel those those clips so now one of the crazy things that happened this is actually what happened to andrew tate the when the bbc interviewed him andrew tate made a comment that like she said uh she said andrew tate this completely taken out of context this was the part that was not said the part that was not said is the girl andrew said if i have a ferrari and we're we're together we live together is that your ferrari and the girl goes hell yeah that's my ferrari of course i can go you do use the ferrari anytime i want and then he said he goes but like if you're on OnlyFans, shouldn't that also be my money it's so he's making this like weird analogy and he was being funny when he said it and the girls all laugh and so bbc takes it and he says if a girl does OnlyFans, you're saying that she should give you all the money And, and he's like no that was completely taken out of context on a video that i did in 2014 that got 300 views and you've totally taken this out of context does that make sense yeah but what happens is that video legit got 300 views that clip got like 28 million views you see what happens the, mm-hmm. the, the 60 second clip got 28 million views. The entire interview got 300 views. And so that's what happens. But like, that's an extreme example. that I, that, I know that sounds like a bad example, but that's an extreme example of what will happen. I have several videos that got maybe a thousand views and clips out of those videos with 40,000 views. That's pretty reasonable, 40,000. But a couple mm-hmm. of them with two or three million views. I have one where... Someone asked me, um, do you think the West, what do you think about the demise of the West? And I was like, I don't think the US dollar is ever going to fall. And the reason why is because the F 22, the, the, <laughs> the F 35, the F 18, the F 16, the EA 6B, the F 14, the F 117, the B 2, the B 52. And then I just went on for like half an hour just saying like the M1, uh, the, the Bradley fighting vehicle, the M1 Abrams tank, the 11 nuclear powered Nimitz class uh, aircraft carriers, the submarine arsenal. And the ICBM structure? No, I don't think any country is going to take over the United States, and I think the U.S. dollar is going to be fine. And that thing got three million views when I when I posted that. I love. Yeah. It. And so, so, so that kind of stuff. Again, the the actual video, twenty six thousand views. That one clip that I made got three million views. And so you just pull those clips out of these long interviews you do, Michael. That sounds like a whole lot of work. No, hire some dude in Nigeria. He'll do it for five hundred bucks a month, and he'll give you he'll give you three hundred clips a, a month. And you just flood, you'll flood your clientele, your your potential clientele, which is content every day. And that's what that's what's going to happen. One of the things that I've also seen is that older content creators, like guys who've been doing this for you know 15 years or whatever, they're used to posting only really good photos once a week in order to keep their content going. And now this idea of posting four times a day, they they just feel like it's way too ostentatious, but it's what you got to do to win now. And it's really it was honestly Grant Cardone who kind of started us all down this path grant was posting like 10 yeah (laughs) 10 times a day he was posting and there was this really funny conversation between grant cardone and brad lee where brad's like listen grant dude oh you're posting so much like i'm gonna have to unfollow you uh this is this is crazy like every five seconds i'm seeing your advertisements and i need you to like stop posting so much or i'm gonna stop following you and grant is talking to brad lee he goes you don't even buy my shit anyway motherfucker and then hangs up on it
1: (laughs) Freaking love that!
0: And, and he thought he thought that Grant was going to ruin his brand. It's the opposite. It's really funny. Mark Cuban said the same thing about the NFL. Mark Cuban said that because the NFL has was going to have Saturday games and Monday games and Thursday games, it was going to be too much. And the complete opposite happened. The NFL exploded because of of the more content they're creating. You're doing five reels a day, but the NFL is posting games on more days, and they're doing games in Europe, and they're doing all these other things that they're doing, all this other Mm -hmm. content that they're making. The excessive amount of content, for whatever reason, people love it, that model kind of got started by Netflix. Netflix subscribership goes up the more stuff they flood the channel with. And when – you know, dude, have you ever gone and looked at someone else's Netflix account? It looks completely different than mine. My Netflix account is full of action shows and historical war shit. And then I go Mm -hmm. on my girlfriend's Netflix and it's like completely different. Her shit is just like, you know, five love language shit and all this. It's a completely different experience for her than it is for me. Why? Because they flood us with content. So for a lot of people that may be very discouraging, I can't, what, what used to happen is I would write one book or I'd make one awesome video and that awesome video would go viral. And then I'd have a business based on that. It doesn't work like that anymore. You have to just – right. content is king. You have to flood. And and at least for the time being, that's the way things are going to work until they don't work this way anymore. And then once that happens, all of us will just pivot to whatever the new thing is because those of us who are successful – and I, I, I'm i telling you right now, if I had Wes Watson on this call, if I had mm. Bradley on this call, if I had Ryan Steumann on this call, if I had Dan Fleischman on this call, if I had Ty Lopez on this call, all all buddies of mine, all numbers in my phone, I'd like them all these guys in my birthday party. If I had them on here right now and i said the new thing is this the new app is this what would we all do we're whores to what works we would do whatever the new thing is wouldn't even think twice about it we do not care we do not hold on to our previous beliefs about anything when it comes to marketing and sales we quickly are a whore to what works and we will change to whatever the new thing is immediately because social media is fake but the money's real so that's the only re- that, so we don't really get care what the new thing is we're just going to do whatever if everyone listen if Rumble takes off, which could happen, if Rumble takes off because you, because of YouTube censorship, and I don't know if you guys have noticed, YouTube has walked back some of their censorship because of the explosion of Rumble. If that happens, also you're, you're going to notice TikTok, is gonna, or TikTok and Instagram are going to roll back some of their censorship because of what's going on in Twitter. They have to. It's just supply and demand in the market. If that starts happening and, and everybody t- goes over to Rumble, you know I'm going to be the first guy over there to Rumble. I'm not even going to think twice about it.
1: Yeah, that makes a ton of sense. I mean, I as soon as you said that, I downloaded the app and I and I messaged one of my VAs and I was like, hey, learn everything you can about Rumble because apparently no. it's going to blow up. I had heard about no. it before, but it was one of those things. It's like, hey, you know, I, I keep hearing about it. I keep hearing about it, whatever, but it, it takes an interaction like that sometimes just to get you on it.
0: You already have a StreamYard account. It costs you nothing. Just start at Rumble and then this, this, this thing that we're live streaming on YouTube right now, just put it on uh-huh. Rumble. It costs them. Do Rumble and Twitter and Facebook. And YouTube all at the same time. Don't. There's no reason you can't live stream on all those at the same time. Then what you do, I learned this from Fresh and Fit, is mm-hmm. you're going to cut the rump. You're going to cut the Rumble feed. From, they cut YouTube actually. They'll cut YouTube. They'll cut um, TikTok and they'll cut Facebook and push everybody to Rumble because because Fresh and Fit knows they're going to lose their channel. They're hyper conservative, you know, red pill Manosphere stuff. So they know they're going to probably lose their channel at some point. Mm-hmm. Um, and so they're pushing. They're preemptively pushing everyone to Rumble. Andrew Tate, you know, he has freedom of access on Rumble. The the he can say anything he wants on there. Nobody gets banned on Rumble. Nobody the, the only thing I'm gonna warn people about, no one gets banned for anything on Rumble. Yeah and so because of that, true. you're gonna you're gonna have some some extremely Bullshit. fucking f- extremely offensive shit on there, and no one's gonna get banned for it okay no one you can say scream the n-word whatever nobody says any so that's the only bad the issue with rumble i wish there was a little bit more decorum on that platform but the problem is because all those people have been deplatformed on youtube they've all moved over to rumble
1: no that makes a ton of sense so going from the air force to trading to now being a coach and an influencer and running your mastermind like how did that step even happen you know retired retiring from the air force and then going into trading I, I imagine that was already happening when you were in the air force but the other the other jump how did all that happen
0: no the trading happened uh my father passed away and all of a sudden i was left managing in an estate. and i okay. really saw how poor money managers were not poor actually how average they were um i started looking up some statistics like for instance 86 percent of 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 active traders don't beat the S&P 500. Really, guys, if you really want to save time, I know, I I can't believe I'm saying this because 10 years ago, I would have slapped myself for saying this. But uh, because I, you know, the the Tony Robbins thing with the whole fucking buy the Vanguard S&P 500 and then just like let it sit for the rest of your life. That's not the best idea, but it's a good idea. It's not the best idea, but it's a good idea. Buy a new house every, buy a new rental property every year and then, so, uh, put 10% down, that's actually, to me, the best idea. That's the best, because even in downtimes, you still have all that property that you can leverage. Those are assets that you can keep forever. So to me, that's the best idea. Uh, also, I personally love the idea of selling premium. Anybody who's involved in sales as far as... um Uh, Anyone who's been involved as far as insurance sales knows, you know, you sell the insurance policy and you collect a premium. You can also do that with stock options and stock options are great because you can choose your risk tolerance. You can sell 10 Delta options and those 10 Delta options have a 10% chance of expiring in the money, and so you have a 90% chance of getting paid. So I love stock option stuff, it's always been one of my favorite things because they're very liquid markets. So that's probably, I would say that's a nine out of 10. And then 10 out of 10, the most, the best thing I can tell anybody, start a scalable business. That's always gonna be 10 out of 10. Coaching, whatever it is. Scalable business where you start fixing someone's problem, that's gonna be 10 out of 10. Nine out of 10 is gonna be real estate. Eight out of 10 is probably gonna be some active trading like stock option stuff. And then a seven out of 10 would be like, um, like just I'm gonna invest in the S&P 500 like a five out of 10, it could be good. It could be bad is I'm going to go heavy into crypto. It depends on when you bought it. If you buy it, it's the greatest decision ever. If you buy it at a certain time, it doesn't work out as well. I'm going to go heavy into the new NFT thing. I'm going to put, I'm going to give that like a five out of 10. It's better than nothing, but it's like, it's not always the best idea. I'm not, I'm definitely bullish on crypto, but I'm not so bullish that I'm going to put, you know, 90% of my money into it.
1: Yeah. I've got a ton of NFTs just sitting in my digital wallet. I'll look at them again in a couple of years. Yeah, exactly. Let's see what happens. Exactly. A hundred percent. Exactly. So when you look at events and you put together a lot of events, a lot of high profile events, what makes a good event? Because in my mind, events are a great way to recruit, they're a great way to bring in leads, and then also to foster relationships. So yeah. and then and then you're you're packaging a nonprofit in with that. So kind of mm-hmm. what is the playbook for an event? in your mind. Okay,
0: so I'm not going to give like the, the standard platitude answers. I'm going to be honest with you guys. Okay. What makes great events is having either celebrities, athletes, or fantastically beautiful women. I'm sorry if the, uh, this is the first time anyone's ever told you this. It's the truth. When a bunch of like, and I'm explaining to explain to you why, why I mean this. It is much harder to get super attractive influencers to come to an event. So we throw babes in the toilet and we raise money, I believe November 27th. We're doing one October 15th. For breast cancer awareness, mm-hmm. and then we're doing one in late November uh, to raise to collect toys for homeless children. We invite hundreds and hundreds of social media influencers. The biggest ones are Chloe Teray, um, Abigail Ratchford, Lindsey Palace, Emily Sears, and Kindly Myers. Those are like some of the biggest influencers that come to these. There's there's a few others that I'm missing like huge influencers, they show up and then they promote the event. And then we use those social media influencers to get people to come and buy tickets, to donate money to the midnight mission and to actually collect toys. We, we want two 18 wheelers worth of toys so that on Christmas day, all those homeless children at the midnight mission are able to get a Christmas gift. Okay. That's mm-hmm. what we do. And so the thing that I've learned over time is the better events, Miami swim week, the Met Gala, All those places, the Playboy Mansion, the Maxim Party, the thing that differentiates an average party from a great party is how many stunningly beautiful women show up. I know for some people that comes off as a super shallow, but if you actually look at the data, you look at like who wants to go to what, you're going to find that that's the case. Because what I found is women like to look at very beautiful women and men like to look at very beautiful women. And when they're there, to me, at least what I see and from other people, it's like, if I'm going to look for a sign to why... People are coming to this party. This is a high status party. That's to Mm -hmm. me, the biggest sign did a bunch of like very attractive women come. Then that means that this is probably a bigger party. Now for some, when people are like, Hey Michael, you know, I'm a real estate agent and I just do real estate events or blah, 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 whatever for, for me to get guys to come to a real estate event. So let's just say we get like a big blue heron home, you know, model home. And then we have like a charity event for animal rescue, which we actually did. My buddy, Jeremy Lewis did that we do that getting other real estate agents to come to a real estate event is easy because real estate agents job is to network so i'm not saying you can't have a high status real estate event what i'm saying is that's shooting fish in a barrel inviting car like inviting car salesmen to a car salesman event all the car salesmen are going to show up and pass their fucking card out because they're car salesmen it's easy to get male professionals to show up to these events so Having male professionals show up to your event is not a sign of a high-status event. A sign of a high-status event is getting people who don't want to normally come to your event. So that's why I said athletes, celebrities, and fucking social media influencers. When you do that, regardless, again, I know there's going to be people who watch this and be like, "No, Michael, that's super shallow. I would never do that." I do a, you know, I do a uh, I, I, an event where I have a bunch of CPAs come together and we raise money for domestic <laughs> abuse. That's yeah. fine, but I promise you. If you did that same event and you had some huge social media influencers show up, your your engagement on social media is going to be 100x and you're going to get way more options to meet way more clients and you're going to get access to way bigger net worth individuals when you do what I say. And so uh, again, a lot of people, because my answer that I just gave you is very politically incorrect. A lot of people are not going to do it, but the reality of the situation is Whenever we throw the biggest, best events, it's always the prettiest girls who are working those events and the prettiest girls who are attending those events. And if you don't believe me, go to the Emmys and look at all the girls that they have that are fillers. So the first couple rows at the Emmys are always like the, 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 the people, the awardees and the yeah. producers or whatever. And then behind that are fillers. And they, you don't buy tickets to those. They actually they actually have casting agencies that go find people to fill in the back rows in the mezzanine. Those fillers are always very attractive people that they choose to oh. put in there. If if Hollywood understands this concept, why don't you? That's my question. If you go to CES, have you ever been to CES, uh, no. Consumer Electronic Symposium oh, in? Uh, I've heard of in, it in in Vegas. Mind. Yeah, the biggest biggest convention of any kind, like I think in the entire world. CES. Look at the girls that stand behind the booths and then present, Oh, here's my new drone. Here's my new flat screen TV. They're all stunning, all of them, mm-hmm. all of them. So why is that? Why is it that 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 The tech companies, Silicon Valley understands this and Hollywood understands this, but you don't understand this. And the the reality of the situation is that's what we teach guys. We teach guys, if you're going to throw an event and raise money for charity, you should do so, and you should have a ton of beautiful women there. And so how do you do that? That's exactly what we teach in the first four steps of men of action. Step number one, fix your Instagram. Step number two, build your list. Step number three, find events to to take people to. And step number four, uh, find six girls to go with you to those events. And we have a 100% track record. It never fails. What what I teach works every time. And so that's the reason why it works so well. But it's very politically incorrect. So a lot of people don't like to uh don't
1: like to uh, admit that it works or even try it out. I'll I'll admit that it works all day, but can I do it? No, I can't. I'm not in a position to invite beautiful women to events. I'm just not. It's just that simple. Like the numbers are the numbers. The number So where do you live? I'm married. I live in San Antonio and- so, cool,
0: cool. so awesome. So San Antonio has got stunning women. Okay, first of all. Number two. I'm not saying only invite girls. So you're going to invite right. a bunch of what, 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 what you're in a building sales teams, right? So let's just say yeah. you have a salesperson convention. There's mm-hmm. no reason why you can't have some guys on the thing be like, hey, could you guys make sure to invite a bunch of girls or have some female friends or your wife's female friends be like, hey, can we invite a bunch of girls? Because I want that ratio to at least be one to one. Because I mm-hmm. promise you, dude, when it's one to one, everyone will come back the next year. When the when the ratio for these typical events is seven dudes for every girl, which is most self help shit, is is seven dudes for every girl. When you do that, people are like, "Man, they'll, they'll, they're just down to skip your event. They just don't really care." It's just something about the the male brain. It's like when he sees attractive women, the status button goes off, and then the the whole the whole mentality of the situation is different. And the reason why, like, I can tell you, think about what I just told you before, right? Mm-hmm two years ago, I was nobody. Like I had no company. I know nothing. I just told you my heroes are Ty Lopez. I've, you know, I've already interviewed Dan Bilzerian. I'm into evolutionary psychology and I've interviewed David bus. Right. And then, uh, Bradley Wes Watson, Dan Fleischman and Ryan Stuman. and mm-hmm. all of them have been on my podcast. Yeah. Hmm, interesting. Why do you think they've been on my podcast? Because my podcast is super interesting. Or do you think <laughs> they've been on my podcast? Because every time I have a party, there's 75 girls there. Why do you think they actually mm-hmm. show up? I know this is, for some of you, this is going to come off as so fucking vapid and shallow, but unfortunately, humans, we are hairless murder apes, and this is how humans react. And if you want to be ultra successful in these interactions, that's that's what one of the things you need to understand. It's it's not the only way to be successful, but it, man, it sure is a, an incredible leverage point, and it's exactly what we teach in my program.
1: It's definitely a awesome button, for sure. And I, and yeah, I would never it is deny a button. that, but I'm, I'm always going to have that disadvantage because- you know, I have a set of values and I can't do it. Unfortunately, that can't be my image. You know, I respect well, 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 I well, respect well, okay. the game.
0: You know? Hold on. Well, so let, let, let me, so let, let, let's make a, a di- distinction. I'm not saying have a bikini competition. What right. I'm saying is everyone shows up in gowns. So like the Dragon Ball and you're in San Antonio, the Dragon Ball in Dallas. Okay. Mm-hmm. The Dragon Ball of Dallas, everyone is in a, a gown and a tuxedo. Y- yeah. yeah, you can't, you can't do that, man. Yeah, you absolutely. Can, you can absolutely do that. You yeah. could do that, and you can get away with it, and it's not going to be a problem. You're just yeah. thinking about it in a like. I'm not saying go to the Playboy Mansion. What I'm right. saying is do things to keep the ratio at least one to one. Watch right. how more people want to come to your event. That's all I'm saying. That's all I'm saying. No, I, I like even even that even that. the even the church understands this. Even the church understands that if you have youth groups where it's all men or all women, it doesn't work. You need a number, a group of men and women. Otherwise, the interactions don't work, and people just don't want to come back. That's just the way the world works. It's just more interesting. People, when you walk into a party, and it doesn't matter who you are, and you see beautiful right. women there, you just know this is the place to be. I'm not going anywhere else. Nightclubs have figured this out. Conventions have figured this out. Everyone else has figured this out. Market Beer companies have figured Everyone figured this out. But for some mm-hmm. reason, we don't teach it. That's why I started teaching it. This is not a sexual thing. This is not an exploitation right. thing. This is just a thing where if I'm going to be the real estate agent throwing events, I'm going to throw the events where there's just as many men as women at these events, and I'm going to get a bunch of huge influencers to come to my events. And let's have everyone wear a gown, and let's raise money for animals. I'm not saying, yes, I do throw bikini competitions. I'm not saying do that. Don't do that. I do go to the Playboy Mansion. I'm not saying do that. What I am saying is the tech, the things that I've learned from those events they, they perpetuate to other parts of my life. So I would just recommend to you be like, Hey, can we just make sure there's as many girls as guys at this event? And I bet your wife would even be like, yeah, that sounds like a good idea. People will have a lot more fun if you do that. That's what I would do.
1: No, when we used to throw parties together, that was one of the things like invite all your friends from uh, the waitresses from roadhouse and stuff. So
0: yes. So (laughs) now shout out to shout out to shout out to the bread at roadhouse. Shout out to the bread bread at roadhouse. That shouldn't get you fat. Um, so Now, if you're talking about my kind of parties, it's seven girls to every guy. It's seven girls. You can't, you don't maximum party, area, Ignite parties. It's Mm -hmm. seven girls to every guy. But we're talking about, you're just a real estate investor or you're somebody who does accounting.
1: It's, I would like to keep it at one to one. It's an energy thing too. Like a, a feminine energy is different. So, you know, building sales, you know, I started out in door to door. So if you got a girl to like sell door to door, Oh, it was over. That office was automatically doubling within a couple of weeks. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. It's mm-hmm. not like she's in there talking to every guy and doing stupid shit. It's just the energy is different in the office. it's not just a bunch of dudes beating each other up all the time. You know?
0: We are desperately trying to find our first female closer. We are desperately trying to find one. If you are a female closer, well, I mean, and you got to be brutal. We want we want somebody who really understands how to go after pain points. If you uh, you don't, and you also have to be able to consume my, like uh, enjoy my content. We we really would love to get a female closer on the team. We already have my uh, my social media manager is female. We we mm-hmm. want a female closer though.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And then and they could bring another perspective to it too. It, yeah. Even in the scripts, even in the objections, the way to overcome them, it's 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 completely different when you have that energy in the office for sure. Yep. Okay, so I want to respect your time. What is what is? No, we go all day. Guys, <laughs> I got another four, another four hours, man. Let's go. It's live stream. Let's go four. So what's What's next for you? I mean, what it, um, you've got all these things going on and everything, but there's got to be something that you're super excited about right now. Or it, just isn't, mer- it funny,
0: isn't it funny? Isn't it funny? I ask these people this question. and It's always just like one thing they're doing and then just sort of some vagueness. There's no vagueness with yeah. me. Okay. Yeah. Start with why. The One Thing by Gary Keller, one of the greatest books I've ever read. These books, I have goals. I understand what's next for me. MOA goes to eight figures. We're probably going to hit there by December. Okay.
1: Beautiful.
0: Um then we're then eventually a low ticket product and a second second product but we're not sure what it could be real estate and uh, minded there's a bunch of other ideas that we could go into right now though we're just sticking with networking we're not doing a make money product make money products are for those of you who don't know make money products are the Holy Grail if you get yeah. the right make money product that's when you start charging people 200 grand a year to be in your mastermind we don't have a make money product right now. Uh, The problem with the make money product, though, is if it doesn't work, and most often a lot of them don't, the clients don't stay with you for very long. On my product, because what I sell, my cost of goods sold on networking is zero, and my results are 100% if you actually do what I I say, because we have guarantees. My, My success rate is 100%, even though I don't have a make money product, which is causing our business to grow. But if you get the right make money product that is the ultimate holy grail because what happens is guys invest in your product and then they get an roi on their investment so that's why wes watson is at 2.6 million a month because one of the products he sells is how to teach you to become a personal trainer for other people using social media which is what he does so you end up making the money back that from from his program when you Mm -hmm. buy his program that's what he does specifically Uh, uh brandon carter does something similar uh and then uh, so so he teaches you how to build your own business using that business model that's why a lot of guys th- that's why their programs do so insanely well I'm more in the networking and relationship uh, area the thing is there's actually more demand for what I do but you don't have a financial ROI the same way not to say that's not true like a lot of guys right. come to my program and make money but it's not a make let me say this again because my sales guys get super mad at me when I don't say this it's not a make money program if you hit me up saying Michael I'm trying to make 100 grand a month, they'll be like, well, let me introduce you to Cole Gordon. Cause that's not what we teach in my program right. someday. Maybe someday, maybe. And I tell my, I tell my guys all the time. I was like, we have such an incredible process to go from lead to sale. I really think at some point we should teach it at some point, but we're not teaching it right now. At some mm. point, I think we should, we should teach what we're doing because there's a lot of people out there teaching this stuff that are not as good as us. And I, th- I feel mm-hmm. like we should teach it. We have a ton of value to give. So, you know, that's the way I look at that whole situation. Um, uh what was the original question what's what's, what's next what do you oh yeah what's next uh, right eight, eight right. figures um i want bigger guests like to me the the podcast is still my baby uh, mm-hmm. so right now i mean i'm going to speak it into existence i want scott galloway professor scott galloway on my show i would like to have gad sad for those of you who are like man those are not big youtubers no those are those are psychologists these are phds okay. i want i'd like to have neil deGrasse tyson on at some point uh, i'd love to get david goggins i'd love to get alex ramosi um, those are like the biggest ones I want. I'd still like to get Mike Tyson. I've met Mike a couple of times. His people told me yes, but like haven't got back to me. It's a little hard to get a you know, to nail him down. He's not in Vegas full time anymore. So it's a little okay. different. Um, I want to get out uh, Jeremy Piven on. Jeremy and I've already had a, a discussion Dude, about
1: that. Jim. Jeremy's my freaking yep. hero. Yeah. <laughs> I love Jeremy Jer- Jer- Piven. Have yeah, you ever read his we, book? We talk-
0: no, I didn't know Jeremy. Has- where- I did not know Jeremy.
1: Well, his, his, he's his persona of Ari Gold.
0: Oh no no I know about that. You gotta
1: get it on audio. You gotta get it on freaking audio. Yeah, that's great. Sorry,
0: Uh, uh, Jeremy, uh, and then my buddy Jim Jackson. He's an announcer for TNT. I'll I'll plan to have him on. So there's a there's a group of guys that I want to start having on uh, more. And one of the things is uh, the networking in the the podcast builds on itself. So like let's just say there's this is the guy I want. What I do is I have all his friends on the show. And then eventually they all ask him and then he yes. says, yes. And then you just do that same thing again. And then the, at the pinnacle at the top is, you know, Joe Rogan comes on the Michael Sartain podcast, which is, I mean, it's a, it's a long shot, but that's, that's always the direction I'm going. Like, I fallback, always, too.
1: like, if you, it,
0: it, it is, go ahead.
1: Go ahead. you, you had said, you know, I'll, I'll be on your podcast, but a lot of people say that. And then you reach out to them and they don't or whatever. That's the fallback. I was going to reach out to your guys if you did. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So yeah. that's, that's a hundred percent. A great, a great yeah. way to attack it.
0: So so that's ultimately the goal. So like what for instance, I'm I'm uh, you know, I'm gonna have um I forgot with Robert Kiba Kiew- I'm have Robert Kibasaki coming on next week. So I think he's been on Rogan. I've had Bulzarian who's been on Rogan and I've had David Buss who's been on Rogan. Uh and then I'm gonna like what I want is as many guys that have been on Joe Rogan on my podcast as possible. Because what happens then is then when I send a message out, out to Alex Hermosi, who doesn't know me from Adam, and then he sees all these people that have been on Rogan on my show, at mm-hmm. least he's going to be like, okay, there's some level of credibility there. Right. And so that's essentially what happens. I don't expect people to like like me who don't know shit about me. I'm skeptical when most people message me on the internet, so I expect other people to be skeptical. So, in order to get over the skepticism, I need to provide evidence. If you guys want to know what separates you from these millennial weirdos that look like Takashi Six Nine who are selling bullshit NFT courses online, the, the 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 fucking the fake watch, the 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 the, the uh, Lamborghini Bros, the thing that separates you from those guys is providing fucking evidence for what you're saying. Provide evidence. They're just lying. So you tell the truth. That's all you have to do. I underpromise and over deliver with everything in my course. If you can just provide evidence, testimonials, shows, charts, whatever, to show that what you're saying is true rather than the 10 paragraph bullshit about, oh, we'll get you 100,000 Instagram followers and in comments and they're all organic. And none, of course, none of it's organic. <laughs> Instead of those lies, just tell the truth. You tell the truth. And you can show this. And so for me, the truth would be, I got this guy on my podcast, this guy. I'm like, I'm trying to get Scott Galloway to come on because I love Scott Galloway. But he's like, oh, I don't have any bandwidth. So I had Richard Reeves on the other day. And you could, like, I could tell in his response, he was like, oh, oh, I didn't expect that. You know what I'm saying? Like, there's a couple of guys. It's really, it's really fun for me when they're just like, it's very clear they're just making excuses that they don't want to come on because I don't have a big enough podcast. I only have 55,000 subs, and and it's like, at, and then I just I do something that just sort of like breaks their expectation. I get a guest that they weren't expecting, and I'll send them back. Hey, just want to let you know, still love to have you on the show. And it's some huge guest that they didn't expect, and they're like, Oh, wow, great guest. Yeah, maybe I'll get back to you in a couple of months. You know what I'm saying? So stuff like that. That's what I'm. That's what I'm always trying to do. Oh, Greg Duchette uh and more plates more dates those are two other guys i want to get on the show
1: awesome so eight figures and then you're going to come in with a load I, I feel like because you've had a high ticket offer for so long you've kind of been building that anticipation and when you come we out, just have promote- some but
0: we also have so many leads that couldn't yeah. they just can't do the program
1: well and that's uh, what and i, I get it i guess it's an expensive program i, I totally understand
0: but like the, we have so many leads that that can do it like and the other thing is like just because a guy lives in fucking Nigeria, Nepal, India, or Brazil doesn't mean he shouldn't be able to get some help on his networking ability. You know, he just can't afford it. I mean, he lives in a country where people live on less than 10 grand a year. Then I understand it sucks, man. So, but I want to be able to still help them too. So we're going to come up with a low ticket product at some, at some point for them.
1: Okay. Um, I'm going to finish it up with a little woo stuff. And I'm very curious of your answer on this because you're such a analytical number driven, yeah. you know, success driven dude. And so- you know, the question I always ask all of my guests is what does legacy mean to you and what legacy do you want to leave behind?
0: Uh, I want to I want the legacy I want to leave behind is that I helped a ton of people. I want to leave the legacy behind where uh, in, again, I get, 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 get this from Wes Watson. Wes Watson makes in excess of probably 25, 30 million a year selling his his coaching course. And the, the main thing he said was, I can't buy any more cars. I'm not going to go out here and chase women. He goes, the only thing I can leave behind is all the people that I helped. I've heard several people say that, but hearing a convicted felon who did 10 years in California State Penitentiary say that, who's outrageously wealthy. I think he's on his like fourth Lamborghini and his third Phantom that he's got. And he just built a mansion in, in San Diego and he just bought a huge high rise in, um, in Miami. For somebody that wealthy, and he's also friends with my other buddy, Scott uh, uh, Eric Spofford, who just has a humongous boat and just sold his company for $220 million or some shit like that. Mm-hmm. When you see that, those guys being like, in the end, it's not the money. It's how many people I help. That's exactly what I want. I want to be able to help people uh, in the end. I love when I go to, um, by the way, if I, often I'll go to airports and stuff and people will stop me like, oh my God, you're Michael Sartain. They want to take a picture. Ne- mm-hmm. I never get tired of that, especially when I'm in front of my girl. You guys can ask me <laughs> to take pictures. Especially when I'm in front of my girl. Just come up. I'll, yeah. just, I'll take all the pictures you want. Yeah, But um, being able to help people in the end, like being able to do that is really uh, important to me. And the other thing is like this. Um, there is a certain responsibility that we have to the truth and there's a response, like we want to make money, but there's also responsibility that we have to the truth. And sometimes in order to make money, we forget that responsibility and we start to do things like push out nonsense conspiracy theories or start calling women bad names in order to sell like a dating product or something like that. We just kind of like, we sort of mesh. We, 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 uh, screw up our eye. We, we, we have questionable morals in order to make Mm -hmm. more money. I don't wanna do that. Uh, I, what I would prefer is, again, we all have a some response, especially if you grow as an influencer, you have a responsibility to the truth. And and the truth is not something that you read on some political website, that some conspiracy that you have no, like telling people that UFOs exist is not exposing the truth. There's still no evidence that there are aliens here. There really isn't, I don't care what anyone says. There is no evidence to suggest that. There's just conjecture and just a bunch of fuzzy photos. Mm-hmm what you have a responsibility to the truth. And um, what what are you willing to do for that responsibility? How far are you willing to go? I have a, po- I have a, a clip that's coming out tomorrow um, where, so a friend of mine, uh, Adam Sosnick, went to Romania to in- interview Andrew Tate last week. And in doing so, he comes back, he posts some clips from the interview. His Instagram has been deleted and it's been permanently deleted. And there's, uh, Instagram did not give him a warning. And they're not allowing him an appeal. They've just taken his account down because he was posting clips with Andrew Tate. Mm-hmm. So now the question becomes: When you post that kind of content, and he's not say, he's not breaking terms of service, he's just right. he's offering a different point of view. Is it worth losing your Instagram for that, and then like seriously hurting your business? And so yeah. who gets to win there? Do the tech companies get to win because you're not willing to give up that amount of money? In my case, I have 17 people that work with me. So what happens with them? Do they lose yeah. their jobs because I had an interview with Andrew Tate? I have to make these decisions. Here's the thing. I shouldn't have to make those decisions. I should. I live in a country that has the First Amendment. I should be allowed to express myself. And what's even further is that I'm a, a, a member of the media. I'm not even expressing that I agree with his viewpoints. I'm just allowing him to express his even viewpoints. So what happens to me? Like The other thing I'm really concerned is uh, August 1st, I'm, I'm debating Mick Fuentes, who's like a Holocaust denier. So what happens when I have him on my show and I disagree with every single thing this guy says, am I going to, am I going to be deplatformed just because I have a debate with him? Is that what's going to happen next? These are, these are some of these conundrums that you have to think about as a content creator. Like, what are you mm-hmm. supposed to do here? Like, because big tech, it doesn't seem to be very uh, mutable. They don't seem like, they don't seem to be very punchable. They don't seem right. to listen to when people give them criticism other than the situation with um, Elon Musk and Twitter. They don't oh, seem yeah. to listen you know? Yeah. You have to
1: buy the whole platform just to get them. Yeah.
0: No. the solution is the, the the solution for YouTube was rumble and the solution for Facebook, I think was Twitter, you know, Twitter being allowing more conservatives to be on the platform. I think the solution for Instagram is someone's going to have to come up with some other photo sharing platform. That's like TikTok or Instagram, but you don't get banned because you wear, you have an American flag. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah. Again, I'm, I'm, I'm a political moderate. Uh, the other day, Nick Merck, um, he said something to the effect of stay away from our kids. When they were, there was an LBGT uh, protest up North in like Riverdale or something like that. And he, he didn't, he didn't make any anti uh, anti trans or any anti LBGT comment. All he said was keep them, you know, stay away from our kids. What he meant was he doesn't think children should be indoctrinated uh, before puberty to, for that lifestyle. And that's all he said. And because of that Activision took his skin down off of call of duty because of that, that is ridiculous. That is ridiculous right? Now, me saying that, am I going to be banned for making that statement? That is that is rational for a, a guy who's in his 20s who just had his first kid for him to not for him to want to protect his kids. That is a rational response for a rational human being to have. And for you to say, oh, no, he can't say that. That's homophobic. And we're going to take that off the platform. That's not rational. You're, you're showing more of who you are than he's showing who he is. So that's the kind of stuff. Those are the questions you have to ask. Are you willing to lose that? Now, in Nick Merck's case, Nick's probably pulling in you know, several hundred grand a month playing COD. He doesn't he gives a shit about that Activision skin. And to be fair, Activision, if they have any brains in their head, they're gonna put Nick Merck back on his on their platform because he's one of their biggest content creators. I think he's not playing
1: right now because of that.
0: Huh? He stopped playing it?
1: Yeah, he stopped playing because he's not
0: playing he's not playing COD. I didn't even know he wasn't playing COD.
1: Other ones have stopped playing too because of that.
0: That's amazing. Yeah. yeah, I mean, that's, that's the whole fantastic. thing. Like, it should yeah. it should not have gotten this acrimonious. This is ridiculous. Mm-hmm. Someone should have had a conversation with him, and that conversation should have been broadcast publicly, and then people could have gone back and forth, and a resolution could have been had. Instead, you just pull his shit down. That's the mm-hmm. way it works. It's funny how my, my side, and when I say my side, I don't mean conservatives. When I right. say my side, when I when I say my side, I mean people of reason. It's funny how people of reason are open to debate, and people who are not of reason just want to pull you down and then yeah. have no debate, right? Instagram takes down question. Adam Sosnick, no debate, right? That's essentially what happens. If your values and your viewpoints are truly correct, ha- argue them in a form of open debate. Now I happen to enjoy open debate, uh, which is you know it. helped me make a lot of money, but it's also probably gonna get me canceled on certain <laughs> places.
1: I, I can see that in your future. I, I can see it, especially with the way things are going for everybody else, you know. Yeah. But I love that you're still doing it. You're still saying it, you know, and yes, it, it is a tough decision to make. I mean, we all have these values we have and, and one of yours is freedom of speech, right? I mean, that's what yeah. we fought for for this country. So I, I can imagine how convicted you are in that, you know, for me, it was like I had this past where I was unfaithful, you know what I mean? And so I made sure. You know I ended up reconciling with my wife and now so that is yeah. just something that I, I don't toy with anymore and that's kind of what we talked yeah. about earlier but um, one of my people was right so one of my regional managers was doing that and so I ended up having to to cut him loose because we had established core values in the company a year before and he brought in 1.3 million a year to my company crazy and I had to ma- I had to make he's that a sales a guy yeah a regional sales guy yeah
0: <laughs> he's a sales guy. Hey, I'm I'll give you his info friend. all day long. I'm asking for a friend. I'm asking yeah, for a I friend. got
1: I got him another contract with ATT. I made sure he could sure. still eat, but we sure. you know we separated, we just had different different values, yeah, of course. you know.
0: I totally understand. Yeah, but no, we so- have we have similar we have similar values, but it's not like that. Like if somebody in the company, if one of my clients snitches on another client, like right. oh, you know, like uh I've had this happen before where um this uh the, the some of my clients were complaining about a certain photographer who was like creepy around the girls. And right. so another guy who didn't like me screenshotted the conversation from Discord and sent it to that photographer. I don't blame the photographer, the guy who snitched on us out of the course. We don't we don't allow snitches in our course. That's ridiculous. That's crazy. That is the most unmasculine shit I could possibly imagine. Like you did you should have confronted him. You confront the person, you don't snitch on them. That's not the way
1: it works. That's so, what I did. I confronted it, him and it was with one of my admin, unfortunately. Yeah. And then I cut him loose. And yeah, he never heard from me again after that. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like it's his to deal with, not mine. <laughs> Yeah, 100%. For sure. Awesome. Awesome, brother. Well, I can't thank you enough for coming on the show. I mean, the the value you've dropped has just been insane. And then I did. That's why I wanted you on the show. Once I heard that, I was like, more people need to hear this. Too many people are over evaluating their content, not putting enough out, and not jumping on the new trends, you know? And at the bottom line, it's just what you said. What did you say? You said social media is this, but it makes money. Yeah, social media is fake. fake.
0: And I'm okay with that. Rule number four in men of action, social media is fake and I'm okay with that because the money's real. Also, the world is not fair and I'm okay with that. That's another, That's the second part of rule number four.
1: I love it, brother. Uh, I want to thank you again for coming on the show. Appreciate all the the, the time that you spent doing this for, for us little guys. We're little guys for now. You know what I mean? But like you said, we may blow up someday. I I,
0: and- I guarantee you someone, someone I've, who's interviewed me in the last year yeah. is going to blow by me here pretty soon. I guarantee you it'll happen. Yep. I love it so much. Appreciate you coming on the show, brother. All right, man. Thanks. Take care, brother.
1: Let's get building. Yep. Thank you for tuning in to this episode of Building Great Sales Teams. We appreciate it. Be sure to execute on everything that you just heard, and let's get building. Before we sign off, we'd like to invite you to join our Brickyard community. Head on over to jointhebrickyard.com. Again, that's jointhebrickyard.com or click the link in the description to find out more.